going to get right into it because I, I feel like I have so many notes. But it's uh, good to virtually see you. So um, there's a part in the Bible that I'm going to start off with where the Pharisees and the Sadducees are, are grilling Jesus, trying to catch him out, and a, and a lawyer comes up to him and he says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. So it's Matthew 22, 36. So, so important. I mean, Jesus is actually giving us commandments. And I wonder if you've ever asked this question. How much, or not even how much, do you love God with all your mind? What is, what has your mental real estate at the moment? I mean, I could take a few guesses. We're being hit by all sides with all this information. Um, you know, social media is very polarized. Um, it's, you, you start to hear things from so many different ways. Um, and it's great to make you unsettled, you know? And one of the things that Jesus is saying in that is that your direction of your heart, your soul, and your mind, like what's holding it? Where is it going? And in this day and age, it feels like, you know, it is crucial. It is really, really crucial. It's, it's our lot in life at the moment. It's always been our lot in life, actually, that we're always looking for knowledge. We always want to find out more. We want to feel secure because if we know, then we'll know. Do you know what I mean? Um, I mean, it goes back to Genesis. You know, they were after the apple, you know, the knowledge of good and evil because they wanted to be in control. They wanted to know. And just, just going for that was actually, well, God says to them, if you eat it, you will surely die. Did you ever think that they ate it and they didn't die? Did you ever think about that? The thing is, though, they did die. It was spiritual death. Once they went away from where God was and went into the physical, their own control, they stepped into a spiritual death. And you yourselves, and even as Raquel was saying, you start chasing these other things, it will lead you, it will spiral out for your destruction. And most importantly, there's no peace there. There's no peace where God isn't. You may seem like you have some kind of control, and even right now you feel like if you read, you read, if you find out, if you Google, if you check, you'll know the truth. Someone's not, someone's not saying something that's supposed to be said. There's a level of distrust with all this information that gets pumped out, you know? It's like, more, 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 more. It's like, you're going to find the way to make sure that you're safe. Even the Bible says that, you know, knowledge puffs up. So, um, it actually brings me back to when I was a kid. Uh, when I was a kid, I was one of those kids that used to ask a lot of questions all the time. 
questions after questions. And where it became really difficult is in religion class. Now, I went to a, a Catholic school. I was not Catholic. Our parents, we never went to church or anything like that. But I really wanted to believe. Like, I, I felt there was a God, you know. And then in religion class, uh, we'd have the Bible and, and we'd go through something in the class. And then I would have a question. Brother, brother, sir, sir, why is it that in this part of the Bible, Jesus says, that his brother and his mum came to call him out. But he was with his apostles. But I thought he was the only child. What does he mean brothers? And so I remember the brother being like, oh, that's just a way of saying followers, brothers. I go, really? Because in this later part, it doesn't use it that way. You know? And when I asked these questions, the other kids would be like, hey, yeah. Um it started to happen so much that I actually used to get kicked out of class. And it got to a point where the brother was getting so angry. And in those days, two folks, you know, they like to give you a bit of a hit. But I'm, I'm being honest. I'm just asking questions. That they actually um, put me outside and they were discussing about giving me separate religion classes because I was too disruptive. Uh, but then the, uh, the principal of the school wanted to talk to me. And you know, like, wow, the, the principal is talking to this, what, I think I was in year seven or something? Year seven? Might even, even be year six. Uh, the principal wanted to talk to me. And I was like, you know, worried, scared, talking to the principal. What's he got to do with this? Um, and I told him. I told him that I had these questions. Like, if we're praying to Mary, does that make her a god? You know? I thought... Jesus said that there is only one God. Is she like a demigod? Is she like a less powerful God? Why do we have saints? Isn't it just Jesus? Like, why do we need to get someone else when there's Jesus? Like, I had these questions of the questions of the questions. And the brother, uh, God bless him, he actually said something that actually stuck to me till this very day. He said to me, because you ask questions, it makes you a better Christian. Contrary to what I thought and got scared into that I was going to have to go to my own little private little shed to do religion class, they put me back in the class, but I kind of felt like I had something. Just because I ask questions doesn't mean that I'm not believing. I'm just choosing to understand. And I guess because of that, asking questions, I feel I was always hungry for the truth just wanted the truth, always after the truth. I got this scripture, thanks to Nuno last week, and I kind of feel like it has a lot to do with what's happening in this day. Second Peter, number two. But in those days, false prophets arose among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. You will subtly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Many will follow their shameful ways, and because of them, the way of truth will be maligned. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false arguments and twisted doctrine. Their sentence of condemnation, which God has decreed from a time long ago, is not idle, but is still in force. And their destruction and deepening misery is not asleep. 
but is on its way. We've been told for a long time there's going to be other false prophets for decades. We've been told hundreds of years. And like on my social feed, I, I follow different pastors and preachers. I follow chaplains. I follow all type of you know, people I'm engaged in, of all types. And I've been seeing some uh, preachers preaching about the vaccine, preaching you shouldn't wear masks, uh, preaching... I think I even saw a prayer. It was like he was saying, um, you don't need a mask. Jesus will protect you. You don't need um, you don't need the vaccine. Jesus is your vaccine. And I was just like, wow, that's an uh, interesting perspective. I wonder if he wears his seatbelt when he drives. That's what question I had. And I'm not here to judge anyone at all on the slightest. That's what God's for. But, um, you know, there's that, always that thing of you can tell the, the tree by its fruit, you know. We're giving wisdom through the Bible. You can always, you know, tell the tree by its fruit. So people usually say, you know, the congregation's growing. It's getting bigger. Look how many people are following you. But did you know weeds grow too? It's good to ask questions. It's good to think. God gave us that, intelligence. We don't need to shy away. I am confident that if you honestly seek the truth, you will find it. And you will find that it's Jesus. You will find. He said, I am the way, the truth, the life. It will lead you to Jesus. Confident. C.S. Lewis, one of my favorite saints, he says, the heart never takes the place of the head, but it can and should obey it. We're given both sides. It's good to discern, yeah? A lot of times when you're getting all this information from different sources, I mean, that's the age that we're living in, you should be aware and discern where you're at. Where is it leading you? Where are your thoughts going? What is coming out of your mouth? How safe do you feel? How confident? You know, um, when it comes to the truth, the, the world will have you believe that you have your truth. You know, they'll say things like, it's not about what you think. You know, it's, it's, it's everyone has a way of looking at the truth. They will, they will have you believe that whatever you think is true, you know. Not, not so much what you know is true. And, um, and I, I like social media. I do. There's a lot of people that I follow that inspire me, get me thinking. I, I follow uh, an Anglican uh, ex-bishop, N.T. Wright. Ask N.T. Wright anything, it's called, podcast. Absolutely love it. Oh, my goodness, I get filled. 
when I'm listening to if, when I when I got <laughs> when I got saved, you know, I I, um, I was always leaning on intelligence. Like for me, it was always important to know everything, and I used to read about different religions, and everything was important to know that it stood up. You know, like if you hold it up to the light, you can tell whether it's actually true or people are just following something blindly. And when I got saved, it didn't happen through my mind. It actually happened through an experience. I got to his presence. I felt his presence. I knew that God was true. And then when that happened, everything, all my thoughts aligned with that. Everything made sense. Everything fit like a glove. And it fills me so much. I don't need, I can't, once once I'm in the word, you know, once I'm listening to, you know, preaching, like from this house, I feel full. For me, it's hearty. It's a meal. When you start, it's like when you're full and someone starts saying, hey, do you want something else to eat? I'm full. I don't need what you have. You know? We, we, we kind of, especially in this day, it's like we're stuck at home and we're looking at our phones all the time, looking for something to keep us entertained, shopping, you know, like whatever, you know, just looking and searching and searching and searching. You're never full. Just keep going and going and going and going. When do you sit still? How can you hear the Holy Spirit if you're constantly taking things from the world? How? I can't do it. I don't know. Maybe you can. I don't know. You know? How how peaceful are you feeling? How full of hope? How full of love? I always feel like when I start snapping at the kids or my wife, ooh, what's going on there? You know, what's coming out of my mouth? What's what's going? Am I? Where's my peace? Where's my patience? I'm sure kids will really do it to you. By the way, you know, your partner will really do it to you. You know, especially when you're around them so much. You know, you got to regauge yourself. You got to think. Think about what works for you. Sure, look, it's great. Go shopping. Buy shoes. You know, it's all good. You know, like God wants you to enjoy yourself, right? But don't let that be where you're going all the time. Like, it's like we, when you feel at ease, you know what? I'll relax to a nice romantic comedy. Really? Does that relax you in the end? You need to gauge yourself, know thyself. Yeah? God gave you a brain to, to, to notice, to see. The taste was good. Even just asking that question, do I love God with all my mind? That can really open things up. Really question. Think about what's filling you up. And it's tough. Look, you know, that's where we're at. We've got to trudge through this to live with each other. We have God. We have Jesus. You don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. You really don't have to worry. If you are a sheep, if you are following the Lord, He's got you. He leads you to green pastures. He leads you still waters. Even though you're going through the valley of death, He's steering you through it with His rod. He's with you. You don't need to stress. 
Do I get vaccinated? Do I not get vaccinated? Should I do this? Should I do that? What's God telling you? Can't hear him? Maybe put the phone down. Turn the TV off. Spend some time. Be still. Know that he's God. God is so beautiful. So full of peace. Get filled with him. You'll find when other stuff comes your way, poof. Shoe fly, don't bother me. Paul helps us out. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for Paul. He actually gives you some really good guidance on how to get through this stuff that we're dealing with right now. Rejoice in the Lord always. Delight. Take pleasure in him. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit, your graciousness, unselfishness, mercy, tolerance, and patience be known to all people. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God. And the peace of God, that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends all understanding, that peace which stands guard over your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus is yours. Finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good repute, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, Think continually of these things. Center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. The things which you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things in daily life. And the God, who is the source of peace and well-being, will be with you. Man, praise God. Thank you, Lord. Paul. wow. Thank you for your word, Father. Thank you so much. I um I came across this um this testimony. Another one of the places that I like to visit is Eternity News. It's an interdenominational Christian news network. It's really good, I really love it. Um and one of the regular things that they have is faith stories. So someone will talk about their their faith journey. And I read this one, and, and I, I want to share it with you. Um, and the person, her name is Emma. I grew up in a village in Kenya. When I was seven years old, I had an encounter with God. I was in a room by myself, singing a song that I learned at Sunday school. Suddenly, the room was filled with the awesome presence of God. I started crying. It was so peaceful. I said, God, I know you're real and you're here. I know you love me. Please forgive me. It was a life-changing moment. Afterwards, I told my mum and she looked at me. She didn't seem to understand my experience. From that day on, though, I knew that God existed. I had a passionate desire to serve him. After school, I went to university in Nairobi and I studied commerce. 
I still recall God providing for me miraculously. It was an expensive university, and I wondered how to pay the school fees. One day, the financial aid officer called me out of the blue and said she felt strongly that the university should give me a scholarship. I didn't even know the university gave scholarships. During those years of university, God started speaking to me about Australia. I don't know why he did. All I knew about Australia was in Home and Away and Neighbours. But God's voice was so clear to me. He said, I have work for you to do in Australia. I knew it was God's voice and leading, but I put it aside for a long time. I met my husband and married him. We had three kids. I got a good job working for the Kenyan government in gender issues and then for the United Nations. My husband worked as an architect. We were settled in our home. We were very happy. I really, really love Africa. There is so much work to do in Africa. At the same time, one of my colleagues was from Melbourne. He said, stay in Kenya. People are so happy and friendly here. I agreed with him. But God kept putting Australia on my heart. I tried to put it off. Then God said it was time. Everything came together. Our pastor in Kenya went to Australia, and he came back and asked my husband and I whether we would consider going to Australia to do mission work. I resigned from my job with the UN. We started preparing, went to Bible college. God was working in our hearts. It's funny because normally people come from Australia and Europe to Africa for mission. We were being led the other way around. God kept saying to us that he wanted us to partner with him, what he was already doing in Australia. We arrived here in December 2017 with nine suitcases. We had no jobs, but we had visas and we found a rental place and my husband found a job in architecture. Our kids settled in school. I felt God was working in miraculous ways. We experienced a lot of kindness in Australia. The people here are very kind to foreigners. After some months, God started giving me opportunities to partner with the churches. I now work with Greater West for Christ. There is so much spiritual need in Australia. When missionaries go to Africa, they provide food and medical assistance because there is physical need. It's different the other way around. In Australia, there is spiritual need. People usually have everything they need, but they don't have rest or quietness. There is restlessness and anxiety and depression. People are seeking happiness in having things or doing things. They're often putting their confidence in their own abilities. But we have to realize we can't do everything and we must depend on God. We can't solve all our problems and we must put our confidence in God. In Exodus, Pharaoh said to Moses, Who is the Lord that I should obey him? Pharaoh had also created a system that was very efficient and he thought he didn't need God, but it can never work. It's an idol of self. We must find our rest and peace and confidence in God. That's what I feel called to share. There are so many opportunities to serve God's people in Australia. I love this nation. How is that? Do you think about that, how there is a need around here in Australia? 
you could be the very one fulfilling that need for someone else. We're not in this world alone, you know. It may feel that way, especially right now. You might be alone looking at a screen. Peace. Free from anxiety. You know, Paul spoke to us in 6.11 about the armor, the armor of God. And when he spoke of peace, the gospel of peace, something that we wear on our feet, and it actually, it actually keeps us stable. It also means wherever we go, we're bringing it. Did you ever think, why is it the helmet of salvation? Why do you, that's what the thing that protects your thoughts. Why? Salvation. It's the truth. If you're saved, you have God. God is with you. There's no room for doubt. You have God. Your salvation. And you in your in your heart, you know that you're saved. But it's our mind that helps remind us of these things. Do you ever think about why it's called the shield of faith? Because faith protects you from the slings of arrows of whatever's coming at you. Do you think about the breastplate of righteousness? Why it protects your heart? Do you think about the sword of the Spirit? Do you think about these things? Why is it that Scripture is a sword? Because it cuts down any type of thinking. I've been using Scripture a lot lately. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. The heart of man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Use it. Hold on to it. I'm going to finish off with this, yeah? Ecclesiastes. Seize life. Eat bread with gusto. Drink wine with a robust heart. Oh yes, God takes pleasure in your pleasure. Dress festively every morning. Don't skimp on colors and scarves. Relish life with a spouse you love each and every day of your precarious life. Each day is God's gift. It's all you get in exchange for the hard work of staying alive. Make the most of each other. Whatever turns up, grab it and do it. And heartily, this is your last and only chance at it. For there's neither work or, nor our thoughts to think in the company of the dead. But where you're most certainly headed. Sorry. For there's neither work to do nor thoughts to think in the company of the dead, where you're most certainly headed. Don't lose the moment. Don't lose the day. Take advantage of these people around you. Really live those moments. When fear comes in, it's, it starts pushing you thinking about tomorrow and starts getting you away from being present. You can be present to God's presence. 
Ask God to fill, fill your heart. Ask God to fill your house. Ask God to join you. Take advantage of today. Live for today. God is with you and for you. God loves you. I'm going to finish with a prayer. Oh Lord, thank you. Thank you so much for your word. Father, thank you so much for being with us. You're so great. I'm so thankful that I'm saved, Lord. So thank you for for reaching out and grabbing me. Thank you. I, I ask, Lord, that you just open my eyes, open our eyes to any opportunities and openings with other people. Put in our hearts that, that feeling sometimes to call someone, to send them a message or something. Open our hearts to see beyond ourselves. You created us with purpose, Lord, that we are to serve you and the people around us, Lord. Help us. Help us, Lord, to serve others. Help us to serve you. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for your spirit, for your word, how it's truth. Cut straight to the bone. Father, thank you so much for enlarging our hearts. And Lord, we really want to take advantage of this time to get closer to you, to meditate and think about your word, think about what's beautiful and true, to look at nature around us, the clouds, the sky, your creation and how it all sings out your name, how it all there to glorify you, just as we're here to glorify you, Lord. I thank you, Father, for making us the salt of the earth and for making this church that, that building on top of the mountain, your lantern. Father, may you bring people to us so that we can love on them and have them bring closer to you. I thank you, Father, so much for the people around me. Thank you so much for our church, such beautiful people. And I pray, Lord, I pray that I can serve them better, wholeheartedly. Father, forgive me for all the wrong thoughts that I've had, all the wrongdoings, and forgive me for all the stupid things that I've gotten myself into, Lord. And I just ask that you, you, you wipe me clean. You wipe us all clean. You fill our hearts and open it up and shine your light inside of it so that we can feel truly free regardless of our physical circumstances. That we're not captive to sin, not trapped in darkness, Lord. Father, highlight people that we need to pray for. Father, speak to us about your ways. Lead us into more more of you, more of what you have for us. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Mighty Father. Praise you. I will praise you till my dying day. And I thank you, Father, for this word. May it fill everyone who hears it. I thank you, Lord, for you. You're so glorious and beautiful. And I just asked for you come meet us come into our houses come into our living rooms Lord come 
Fill us, Lord, with your spirit. Have us feel your presence, Lord. Spend time with us. We're ready. We're willing. We're able. Grant us peace in our days. And help us to bring your kingdom to this planet. That your will be done. Through us, your obedient servants. Father, you said the meek shall inherit the earth, Lord. Help us to be meek. Help us. Help us, Lord. Help us to do this right with you. Thank you so much, Father. Thank you so much for your loving grace and your loving mercy that you bestow on us every day. We know we need it. We need your mercy. We need your grace. So I thank you, Father. I thank you that you clean us. Make us whole. Amen. Amen. 